Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 150 Praise the Lord. Praise God in her sanctuary. Praise her in her mighty heavens. Praise her for her acts of power. Praise her for her surpassing greatness. Praise her with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise her with the harp and lyre. Praise her with timbrel and dancing. Praise her with the strings and pipe. Praise her with a clash of cymbals. Praise her with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 19 through 32. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the fighting in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out, as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to do its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the man, the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come here? And why did And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said and tell the people all about this new life. 
At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. We've arrived at the last weekday following Easter. Um, And up until this week, I didn't know that there was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of Easter week, but I guess there is. So we'll see the first Sunday of Easter um, coming up and then the first Monday and Tuesday, blah, 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 of of Easter tide. Um, And this morning's reading, we had Psalm 150 again, which is the last psalm. There's 150 of them spread across five books. Um, They're not always marked, but uh, scholars typically see them uh, sectioned off into five different um, groups or books. Um, And then we read uh, of... Uh, David's ongoing kind of escalation with Goliath um, and then the apostles being put in jail and being set free to to preach in uh, the book of Acts. And the section with David has always really interested me. Um, So we don't know a whole lot about David yet at this point in the story. And He's really curious, and he's either fearless or stupid. And one thing that I always notice is that he doesn't see he doesn't see Goliath's threat as you know on some um, level of personal pride or camaraderie with Israel or something. It's that he's he's a disgrace um, that is defying the armies of the living God. And so David sees Israel and the armies of Israel as belonging to God, which is the way they're supposed to be seen. Um, and he sees this giant man yelling 40 days and, you know, Israel's soldiers running away scared. Um, and he's kind of perturbed. I don't know if I should say angry or not, but he's really curious and he's just like offended that we are allowing this to go on. Um, And so his oldest brother, um, who would have received the largest inheritance, who uh, would have been kind of second right after Jesse in terms of like authority in the household. And I think it's three, the three eldest sons. So it's Eliab and then two of the other brothers. But Eliab's the oldest. And he says to David, what are you doing down here? I know you're a little shit, and you're just curious. You want to, um, you're, you you only want to watch and come down and watch, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why would you? Why would watching the battle be conceded? It kind of strikes me as like he's he's been called out, 
kind of like his youngest brother comes out and says, why are we allowing this to happen? Um, and he kind of, his ego takes a hit. Not only is his youngest brother down here stirring up shit in the ranks, but also like everybody, every soldier on that battle line would have felt called out for, you know, assembling. And then like, as soon as this giant comes out, everybody scatters and runs. And David kind of takes it on the chin. And he's like, well, like what? Am I not supposed to speak at all? And then he like turns his back on his brother and keeps asking the same questions. Um, and it seems kind of, it does seem kind of conceited. Like he should have some respect for his eldest brother, but that also whatever it is he does feel is due to his brother. What's more important is what's due to God. And God is being, you know, belittled because God's people and God's army is, is, you know, allowing this to go on. And it's always been fascinating to me when you, when somebody with a whole lot of passion and maybe not the most, the most like information or experience, um, they come to the plate all, you know, ready to go. And somebody says, oh, you know, I was like that when I, when I was young that'll go away or something like that like the it seems to me that the the blind um loyalty of david to god um is precisely the kind of attitude that we or one of the attitudes that we are called to have this like you know reckless faith that you know, what's most important, what's really going on is what's going on with, by, and for God. And all this other stuff, oh, you know, are you afraid of Goliath? Are you supposed to be on your battle? Like all that secondary. Um, but what I think, and the other thing I find interesting, and I'm always curious, like what the RCL um, compilers or whatever curators, I guess, what was on their mind. So in the book of Acts, to kind of shift gears the book of acts it's i don't know you hear this every now and then they get locked up an angel frees them an earthquake frees them whatever the hell it is and uh then they go off and preach and say oh that's great and some somebody gets pissed off um and here not only is the temple guard being uh, mentioned so soldiers are involved and the soldiers of the, of the temple guard which would have been fort uh antonia which was attached to the temple in jerusalem because the jews had uh, a reputation for being kind of disorderly and and insurrectionist, so they attached the military post to the temple. It had like a a little like corner of the temple property. Anyway, um, so the high priest and the Sadducees, all the elders of Israel, who would have been the eldest like descendants of the heads of the tribes, um, they get together and they're like, oh, you know, I can't have this happening, and. I, I don't know if they knew it or not, but it ends with this line. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. And in light of David and Goliath, like, I don't know if that was a deliberate foreshadowing. Like, that's how Goliath is going to be killed with a stone to his forehead. Um, or if that was just like chance. And perhaps there's some correlation between the Sadducees and the um, and Goliath. The, the people were speaking against the Lord, um, the God of Israel. The Sadducees have lost sight, and they're kind of like either Goliath in, in acting against God, or they're like David's oldest brother, Eliab, 
um, who's just kind of blinded. Like there's there's something else that's gotten in the way of seeing that God is the center of the universe. That um, David's interpretation of what's going on is not, oh, we are being offended, but like God, God's name is being besmirched by this douchebag who's scaring off God's armies successfully. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that the RCL folks did that deliberately. I just think it's kind of like, I don't know, I thought it was kind of this cute little tag at the end. They didn't want to be stoned. Um, the soldiers didn't want to be stoned, which is exactly how Goliath dies, or whether or not there's some correlation that we can make interpretively between the Sadducees and either Goliath or Eliab, who's lost sight. Goliath, who's just actively against God and God's people, or Eliab, who like means well, but has just kind of lost his way and allowed something to get in the way of, of what's supposed to be uh, primary in the life of uh, the people of God. So I'm not sure. Um, but uh, perhaps that's the point, that we are allowed to, uh, in our faith, kind of have this reckless uh, ambition of like, well, maybe this means this, and I'm going to kind of go with it for a little while and and see if that's one way we can honor God. Um, so I encourage uh, my listeners to continue um, engaging. We're going to go through uh, several weeks of Easter tide before we hit Pentecost, and then Pentecost is a long, slow, mundane, ordinary time. Um, but Easter time is a time of celebration. It's excitement. Um, Jesus is risen. Um, and so I invite you to, to just embody the season and have fun with it and, and continue reading alongside and, and interpreting and engaging with, with our tradition. A prayer for Friday of Easter week. Almighty Father, who gave your only Son to die for our sins and to rise for our justification, Give us grace so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. 
I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.